And we are enjoying that funky, funky groove. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is 4 o'clock p.m. here at WHGE. This is the Political Power Hour. You're listening to Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM, where we talk politics every Wednesday from 4 p.m. until 5 p.m. And so we're excited today. We have a special guest who will be joining us. Uh, uh, many of us know him as Brother Namdi or the twin poet Namdi and Al. Uh, we've known them since they were little knee-high to a grasshopper. But now they're both all grown up and they are both in politics. Today, joining me, ladies and gentlemen, will be House Representative for the 1st District in the 1st State, Namdi Chakwocha. And so he will be joining us in just a few minutes. We anticipate his arrival any moment. So stay locked in to 95.3 FM, your one and only Black-owned, Black-operated news information and advocacy station in the entire state of Delaware. Thanks so much for staying locked in here with me. I'm Rochelle Wilson, and uh, let me just give you a quick rundown. I think it's already uh, pretty, pretty prevalent. You know that on September 10th, we will be doing the African American Family Fun Festival with a taste of Africa. Uh, all of the various different food and flavors from the countries of the continent of Africa will be available for you to come out and just taste them and see what you think about it. Perhaps there's something good for your taste buds there. All right, uh, we're going to have a contest for the very best dressed African garb. So ladies, gentlemen, brothers, wear your African garb, uh, enter into the contest. You never know, you might be the winner. And we do have some nice prizes uh, for the winner of the best dressed, best African garb dress. All right, while you're there. And that starts promptly at 12 noon, 12 noon, here on the east side, 11th and Kirkwood Streets, Kirkwood Park, right here. We're going to do it. The African American Family Fun Festival. We're doing all we can to bring you a fabulous and wonderful grand day of fun, festivities, food, making new friendships, and a host of entertainment. So, uh, and I've been telling you to come out and buy me a water ice. Ladies and gentlemen, just come out and have a water ice on me. The water ice is free from us to you. So, but you got to get there. You got to get there on time. Obviously, water ice doesn't last very long in hot or humid weather. Okay, so uh, a taste of Africa. We are ready for you, ladies and gentlemen. That's this Saturday. September the 10th, 2022, at Kirkwood Park here on the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. All of your friends from Baltimore, Philadelphia, New Jersey, come on out and enjoy some time with us. And please know, there will be no tolerance 
for any levels of violence or mishaps. We're not doing that. No matter where you are in the city, you will be welcome to the east side, Kirkwood Park, on the September the 10th. No violence will be tolerated. We're not doing that. All right. So young people, if you're out there, I uh, want you to know we're making a wonderful day for you. Please come out and enjoy. Leave the weapons at home and just come out and have a good time. All right. I also want to remind you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to save the date. For Saturday, October 15th, 2022, at 5 o'clock p.m., uh, churches taking a corner, citizens taking a corner, SeaTac will be doing their Legacy Award Celebration Dinner. And it's not too late for you to get involved uh, if you want to put your business and advertise that in their Legacy Booklet. It is a legacy booklet, and you can put your business, your advertisement in that booklet uh, for a very small price, and you will be advertised everywhere. All right, so if you want to do that, you want to reach out to 302-377-5984, 302-377-5984 for the SeaTac. Legacy Awards Celebration Dinner. And always, always, if you or someone you know or love is dealing with an addiction, we want you to please seek help. No matter where you are, seek help. There is help for you. Uh, I believe it is a heroin that uh, causes people to, uh, once they do this drug, they, they kind of bend over, slouch over, almost as if they're going to touch their toes, but they never, they never quite make it. And there are people who are walking around uh, literally just kind of bending over, dazed out on this drug, this heroin, dope, uh, and then some are on crack and all of these other various dopes and, and, and drugs and things of that nature. We've got to change the narrative. Perhaps we're dealing with as much crime as we're dealing with simply because people are traumatized. And so they are trying to get away from the trauma by doping themselves up. If you or someone you love is dealing with an addiction, get help right away. If you're on the east side, we want to help you every Tuesday night at 645 Central Baptist Church, 9th and Pine Street. Doors open at 645. Come on in. Uh, make a new friend. Tell somebody what is, what is happening with you. What are you dealing with? Why are you doping out our heroin and crack and these other various drugs? Tell folks what has traumatized you to the point where you need to do these kinds of drugs, okay? There is help for you, but no matter where you reach out, whether it's Ninth and Pine here on the east side, uh, east side pride and collaboration with Central Baptist Church, WHGE, we are trying to bring rehabilitative recovery to the east side here in Wilmington, Delaware. But wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen, please... Please reach out and help somebody 
to get recovery if they're dealing with an addiction. Uh, it's just heartbreaking to see the things that people are dealing with um, in the street. I, I look at it and I'm just heartbroken. I'm literally heartbroken. So, but today is definitely uh, the political power hour. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk politics. All right? Okay, so um, last Wednesday, if you were, if you tuned in, if you stay tuned in, then you don't have to worry about getting tuned in, right? If you stay ready, you don't have to worry about getting ready. So last week, we had council, city council representative, uh, Miss Shanae Nicole Darby. She did join us here. We put her in the hot seat, uh, and she actually really gave us a lot of information, a wealth of information about a lot of different things. And so one of them had me completely stumped. I knew that eminent domain was about public use, taking people's houses or taking the dilapidated houses, uh, the, the vacant, boarded up houses, putting them into a land bank so that folks could purchase them and then become homeowners. Uh, and then some of these properties would absolutely be torn down and they would then be used uh, for maybe a hospital or a new school or a highway. Uh, and I knew that much about this bill, eminent domain. What I did not know uh, and was totally shocked when Representative Sinead Darby told us that it was also being used for private use. They could privately take your home. And she made mention of being in, you know, in the debt, in the arrears, past bills. It was enough for them to come and take your, your property. Now, I, I don't have to tell many of you, ladies and gentlemen, that here <clears throat> in the city, it's different than out in uh, Millsboro uh, and uh, Middletown and, you know, Greenville and Hokesson and all those places. It's different here in the city. Many of the homeowners in the city are most people who are of a mature and adult age. It is our younger folks who are renters. They do a lot of renting, and I'm talking statistics now. I've actually gone and, and I did some research to find out more about this eminent domain. So I don't know, maybe perhaps you're one of those people during the COVID lockdown shenanigan. You got a little bit behind in some of your bills and you're trying to catch up and, uh, you know, you're paying this one, you're paying that one. As my mother would say, uh, maybe some of you are familiar with the terminology. You got to borrow from Peter in order to pay Paul. I never knew who was Peter. I didn't know who Paul was. They never came to the house. I didn't know them personally, but she had to borrow from Peter in order to pay Paul. It wasn't until I too became an adult that I began to understand her phraseology. And so if you are one of the hundreds of thousands of Americans who did get behind in your bills during the COVID lockdown shenanigans, Okay, times were tough. 
And then the ARPA money came, all of this relief money to help folks to get out of uh, particular situations, whether it was the electricity bill or perhaps you needed help with the water bill. Uh, some people needed help with their taxes. Uh, the Newcastle County, for, for the state of Delaware, it's Newcastle County. Uh, and then there's the city of Wilmington, uh, property taxes and land taxes and all of these taxes, right? Uh, no taxation, no representation without taxation. Uh, but I, I realized that when you're looking at folks who got behind because of the COVID lockdown shenanigan, you're putting a lot of homeowners potentially on the chopping block if you come in and take these people's homes, because maybe they're $1,000 behind uh, on the, the water bill, or perhaps you're behind a bit on your taxes. You weren't able to, to keep up with your, your property or your city taxes, right? According to Sinead Darby, that is enough to actually cause the city of Wilmington to put a lien on your property. That caught my attention and I was very disgruntled by that. So I went back and I did some research to find out if that is accurate information. Uh, I'm not finished reading. I've got to tell you, I am not finished, but I'm working on it. And one of the things that I did find out, and uh, which really, really was shocking, it says that you have to be at a certain number in order for them to come in and to take your home. Like literally, they can't just come in and take it. Uh, Sinead Darby says $1,000. If you're $1,000 behind, that's enough to take it. So that was very, very disturbing to me. And as I read through, it's Title 29, State Planning and Property Acquisition. Right. Chapter 95 on the real property acquisition. And so it, it says here that the term um, acquisition for instrumentally uh, using the term acquisition by eminent do domain. The policy of the provisions of this chapter pertaining to eminent domain is to ensure that eminent domain is used for limited defined public use. Public use does not include the generation of public rev revenues, increases in tax base or tax revenues, employment or economic health through private landowners or economic development. So let's just kind of break that down. Here in uh, subsection 9501A, of Title 29, Title 29, Chapter 95, Real Property Acquisition, it says here that the policy of the provisions of this chapter pertaining to eminent domain is to ensure that eminent domain is used for limited, defined public use, period. Public use does not include the generation of public revenues, increase in tax base, tax revenues, employment, or economic health through private landowners or economic development. So 
I'm never going to tell you I'm the smartest cookie in the jar. I simply have an affinity for reading words and being able to comprehend words and what words mean when you put them together in a sentence and in a phrase. And so let's go on to B. It's this, this is also very important. I want to share with you because when, when House Representative Namdi Chikwocha joins us, these are the questions that we want to be able to chime into and make sure that we have the right answers to these questions. Num letter B says, notwithstanding any other provision of law, neither this state nor any political subdivision thereof, nor any other condemning agency, including an agency as defined in subsection 9501 of this title, shall use eminent domain other than for a public use as defined in subsection C. And then it goes on and it talks about subsection C. The possession, occupation, or utilization of land by the general public or by public agencies. Uh, the use of land for the creation or of functioning of public utilities, electric cooperatives, or common carriers, and etc., where the exercise of eminent domain removes a blighted area, as defined in 4501 of, of Title 31, or a slum area, as defined in subsection 4501.23 of Title 31. Some of this may not be making sense, so let me just give it to you in my most simplistic, rudimentary comprehension of what it is that I'm reading. The way I'm comprehending eminent domain, it must be for public use. That's hospitals, roadways, churches, synagogues, whatever else you're going to do with it, right? It has to be public. They cannot come in and take your property for private use unless it is a blight property. And blight property, typically, the only way I've ever understood blight property was boarded up, vacant, abandoned, roach infested, rats. Uh, people are using the bathroom there. They're using drugs. Everything except a clean, safe, living, healthy living environment. That's a blight property. Those properties can be taken for by eminent domain of that state. In this case, we're talking Delaware. That property can be taken. Yes, a blight property, blight property can be taken and used for private or public use. Typically, it is put into the land bank. And I did some research on that as well in, in engaging uh, Sinead Darby in a conversation about the land banks. So I was under the impression that the land bank was a place for you and I to go uh, and find a nice piece of property at an affordable price. They're usually fixer-uppers, so get ready with your hammer, your nails, and your, you know, you got to get the toilets working, you need a new roof, you might need the electrical wiring done or whatever. But you and I can go and purchase a piece of property from the land bank, 
and turn it into a sustainable, healthy, clean, safe living environment. We can do that. But when I looked it up in the bill, I found out that typically the cost for the property that are blight properties in the land bank, they are so out of pocket that you would almost have to be a big developer to have those kinds of financial resources in order to purchase a piece of property from the land bank. Because there's some nice properties in the land bank. I can't lie. I went and I did the search uh, and I looked it up and I saw some of the properties are really nice properties. Like I wouldn't be opposed to perhaps owning one myself. Me. I would own one of those properties, fix it up, put, you know, you might have to put 15, 20,000 in it or something. I don't know. But I'm thinking if I could purchase the property for ten or fifteen thousand, I could then spend twenty thousand to put in it, thirty thousand, and you have a beautiful, uh, safe, clean living environment. And wrong answer. The properties are so expensive, and they vary. They vary in price. But I personally, and and maybe I'm as blind as a bat, but ladies and gentlemen, I didn't see a piece of blight property in there for less than fifty thousand. And maybe for you, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars, $50,000 is like, you know, a piece of change. But for some of us working Americans, $50,000, that can be a substantial amount of money to pay for a blight house that you then have to put $30,000 into fixing it up. For whatever reason, all kinds of things can be wrong with them. And, and every now and then you come up on one that's, that's not too terribly damaged. And maybe you only have to put uh, fifteen or twenty thousand uh, to get it up and running to a clean, safe, healthy environment, living environment, right? My thing was, why would the city of Wilmington, the state of Delaware, for that matter, but particularly the city of Wilmington, why would they even be interested in trying to take somebody's property from them? When they can barely afford to run the city as it is. They can't afford the property. They can't do anything with it. So why have this extra property just sitting around doing nothing or sitting over in the land bank waiting for the developers to come along uh, and, and, and to develop it? You know, I, I just, um, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. Oh, I've just received a text message from the festival team that we can now announce free parking for the community. Uh, we've got free parking for you, ladies and gentlemen, and that is awesome. So you don't have to worry about your cars uh, coming over to Kirkwood Park for the September 10th festival. There's now going to be free parking available for you, and someone will be there at the gates to direct you to where you can park, and it's all right. Your cars will be safe, ladies and gentlemen. So you have absolutely no excuse not to show up. And please, 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 uh, especially for our elders, our seniors in particular, uh, our beautiful queens and our delightful babas, make sure you bring a chair to sit in. Bring your umbrella in the event that it's hot in the sun. You don't want it to beam right on you and burn you away. Uh, or perhaps we may have a few showers. Uh, the show is going on. 
high water or not, the show is going on. All right, so please bring your cute little chairs, little lawn chairs, and your nice little umbrellas. Bring your water coolers if you want to with your snacks in it. Not that you have to because we're going to have food from Africa. And we're, we will also have food trucks and vendors there, so you don't need to bring that. Uh, but do bring your chairs. Bring your, uh, your, your umbrellas. Whatever you need to sit and be comfortable to watch the show. There's going to be a host of entertainment, something for everyone. We got something for the young people in there. Uh, we've got something for the more mature, grown and sexy. And then we've got something real smooth and jazzy. The Vantage Jazz Orchestra uh, group will be playing in the latter part of the evening for our seniors. Okay, for those that like to sit back and chill, the grown is sexy, right? So, you know, we really, 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 really want you to show up on time. We start at 12 noon. Uh, we end at 7 o'clock p.m. And it's just going to be a whole day full of events throughout the entire day on Saturday. This Saturday, this Saturday, we'll see you there at 11th and Kirkwood Streets. Kirkwood Park here on the east side. So uh, getting back to it, I am looking for your representative and mine, Brother Namdi, House Representative Namdi Chakwocha, should be joining us. I was anticipating his physical arrival. He very well may join me on Facebook. Um, we did not lock that in. I do realize that his, his, his schedule is very busy. He's got a lot of things that he's uh, trying to attend to, and I get it. So that's fine. Uh, but we are anticipating his arrival at any moment, ladies and gentlemen. Any moment we anticipate that he will be here. So in the interim, uh, just thinking or talking about eminent domain, and the city of Wilmington, the state of Delaware, Newcastle County, the county, whatever, whoever, whoever it is. People cannot just come and take your property. They cannot come in and take your property for private use unless it is a blight property. So, if your windows are falling out. Your roof is caving in. You have no flushing waters, no clean running water in the sink and in the bathroom. Uh, your electricity is ready to catch fire at any moment. The next time you flip the switch, it's going to catch fire. If you're living in that kind of uh, situation, that could become a blight property. But I'm here to tell you the good news. Habitat for Humanity, Habitat for Humanity is uh, offering assistances of all different natures for all different ages. And again, we do know that there's a plethora of services for our senior citizens, our elders. We know that if you're over the age of 65, you can get help. The state of Delaware uh, or whatever state you live in, there are programs, ARPA. Okay, uh, relief money from the federal government has come into every single state, every single city. Uh, federal monies have come down to help us 
whether it's electricity, getting the roof, or whatever it is that we may need. And I think that's very, very good. I was disappointed uh, when I tell you that I personally looked for any type of assistance for people who were not yet 65 years old. What help? <clears throat> what assistance programs? What ARPA help? Uh, you know, federal relief assistance is there for people who are not yet 65 years of age. I was very disappointed to find that um, there aren't as many programs that help folks who are on this side of 65, you know, 64, 63, uh, 23, whatever. Um, there's not really as much help for us that there should be. And I, I, again, if I don't have the information, feel free to, to let me know what the information is and I will share it with absolutely everyone. But some of these programs are available if you are under the age of 65. Uh, the electricity pro program, the federal government is now paying, paying homeowners to go solar. You will no longer have to deal with an electricity bill. You will have solar panels, the new and upgraded solar panels, put into your, on your roof, into your house. And uh, forget Delmarva, you don't have to deal with them anymore. So there's all kinds of assistances here for people who qualify, even if you're under the age of 65. If you're over the age of 65, they've got everything for you. There is nothing that you can't find assistance for, okay? It is only us who are under the age of 65. We're having a little bit of a situation trying to find help. But there is HARPA money available. Oftentimes, wherever you're having the issue, let's just, okay, I'm going to go with the water bill because that's what uh, Sinead Darby talked about, a water bill, someone's home was taken from them because they were $1,000 behind, I believe she said water bill. So here's what you do if you have a water bill problem or if it's an electricity bill problem, Delmarva, uh, maybe it's a tax problem. They're really, unless you are 65 or older, I could not come up, I could not find any resources for people who were under the age of 65 and who have fallen back on their taxes, their city or state or local county government taxes. Uh, if you are 65 and over, they have programs. I could not find anything for the rest of us. And I think that's a problem, you know. I personally think that that is a problem. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, having a little bit of mic difficulties here. All right, let's get that part straightened out. Not sure what's going on with that. I seem to be picking up a little bit of static from somewhere, and I'm not quite sure why. I know they've been in here, the technology gurus have been in here working on 
our phone lines, to upgrade our phone lines so that we can do better and be better uh, at receiving your calls. I'm telling you, if no other journalist wants to hear what you have to say, I do. Rochelle Wilson wants to know. And wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, please join me here. How are you? Okay, sister, how are you? I am well. I was just dealing with some microphone issues, but I want to make sure that we don't deal with that moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, with us here in the studios, we do now have House Representative Mr. Namdi Chakwocha. And we welcome you into the studios. How are you? Oh, well, sister. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. I know your schedule is absolutely uh, very, very busy. I don't want to hang that over your head, but it seems like that's where it's going to work out a little bit for us. Um, so let's get right into it because we don't have a lot of time. I was just talking to the, the ladies and gentlemen about the blight, uh, the eminent domain. So I want to get into that a little bit, but first I want you to give us an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to hear what you have to say uh, about your campaign and you're running, and you're going to hold on to your seat, and how's that How's that working out for you? Well, I'm a community-based social worker, so this is my life, and being a state representative is an opportunity to serve. I've served the city of Wilmington since I was a teenager. My first job, along with my twin brother, was, was at the Walnut Street YMCA at 13 years old, and I've been in this work ever since, and this is truly my life's work, truly being involved. I think as a state representative, uh, I firmly believe that my job is to go down to Dover and to fight to bring our tax dollars here to our communities to assist us with addressing the, the challenges that we have and to create opportunities. I feel I've done a great job. We, we've brought a $23 million new library coming to the first district. We have a new downtown development district coming in to bring investment into our Market Street corridor. We created, I created the Reading Consortium for Educational Equity, which brought $20 million into our Wilmington City Schools. Have been fighting for just equity, fighting for uh, justice reform throughout leading the safety and justice subcommittee, working on ways to address the illegal firearms and gun and community violence within our, our city. So I, I feel I've done a great job and, and really looking forward to getting back to Dover, continuing to be the voice for, for Wilmington, being the voice for the first district. And that's while I'm out campaigning and we have yeah. a few more days to go. But I feel we've done a great job at, at telling our, our story and, and letting our work show because yeah. that's what we've done over the, the past four years I've been in Dover is truly work to bring forward progress and growth and development for our district. Yes, yes, you have. And, and many of us, uh, as, as proud as we are of you, uh, we know you so well as, as the twin poet and uh, brother Namdi from all of the, the social work that you've done. You have been at this for a long time. And I can personally say, knowing you from those days, you are a man who cares about the community. You are a man who cares about the young brothers and sisters uh, in the streets and the children and that sort of thing. I personally can vouch for that much. Absolutely. I mean, that's who I am. I, I was raised that way, and that, that's who I am. It's the core of, of who I am. Before I'm this, before I'm that, I, I'm a social worker. I'm a brother. I'm a lover in the city of Wilmington. And, and having had those firm roots and understanding the electoral process and being on city council and having felt I did a good, great job on city council. I was voted president pro tem by my peers. And it shows that I love this city, and that's the same commitment and voice that I take to Dover every day. Yes, 
and we love that. And you're not really big on a whole bunch of pettiness, which is good. So I'm not going to trouble you down with a whole bunch of pettiness, but we have to have just a moment's conversation. Uh, your opponent, uh, Representative, City Council Representative Shanae uh, Darby, has made some assertions about your campaign, and I want you to set the record straight. Would that be no, okay? Absolutely. I think anyone who understands campaigns, her job is to make herself look good and make me look bad. So I think, as again, I believe my record has shown what I've done, and that's what I will allow to speak for me. Okay. So historically, most people who receive campaign funds and finances and things of that nature from any type of the Fraternal Order of Police usually... The Fraternal Order of Police has quite a bit to say about how you move forward in your um, in your legislature. Are you taking funds? Have they supported your campaign? And is that a bad thing? I personally, I, I can't tell you that. I don't believe they have contributed to this campaign. I know I, I have in the past received funding from them. And as you said, is it a bad thing? I believe we have some great officers here, family members of mine who are officers who do yes. great work every day in this city, every day pulling illegal firearms all off of the streets. So for them to say that they support me, I know nothing's perfect. No system created by man it is perfect. So to look at our officers and say they're perfect, I can't say that. But for me to say I'm going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that all of them are bad, I can't do that. And I yeah. know some of them support my work just as I support the, day work, the work that they do. They support our communities. They're inside of our schools, Brother Fahim Akil, you can't tell me that that brother doesn't have the heart of a brother who loves this city, who loves our children. And for him to stand up and, and support me, show me support, and for brothers like him in, in our fraternity order of police to, to show me support, that, that means that they recognize that the same commitment that they have every day, their duty to serve, is the same service that I provide. Okay. Awesome. But no matter who contributes to your to your campaign, you are a man who makes your own decisions in legislature. No, no, no question. And, and one thing on, on this campaign right right now, there's a big issue about unions and, and who is supporting who. A lot of the, the trade unions didn't support me and they came out and, and supported my opponent because there was a piece of legislation that they felt I should support, but I had a business, two businesses as a matter of fact, who were non-union in, in my district, who employed people from my district, who that, that same legislation would have hurt. So I stood with the businesses in my district, so they supported the other person. So for them, someone to say, you're, you're buying me, well, if that's the case, how come I'm, I didn't do what the unions wanted? Because I had already had their support. Okay. All right. You're listening to it. It's straight from, straight from the horse's mouth, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, um, let's get, because of, because of our time, let's get to the, the next one, which was sponsored bill to roll back bail reform and place more people in jail who have yet to be convicted of a crime. So can you talk about that? I, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fear mongering. I guess you look at every bill and look at the wrong side of it because that's what's happening in this campaign, unfortunately. Rather, you're talking about imminent domain or you're talking about bail reform. What we're saying, as you and I both know, there are many individuals in, in our, our city, in our, in our state, 
who are locked up right now on the, for the sole reason that they can't afford bail. Right. has nothing to do with them being a threat to the public. They can't afford bail, so they're locked up. So the bail reform that I'm sponsoring is saying that an uh, individual, you're going to be judged on rather you're a safety threat. It has nothing to do with money. You're going to be able to, to get out. Right. Rather, you're rich or you're poor. If you're not a safety threat, you can get out. If you are a threat and deemed a threat, you're going to sit in jail. That's what the bill is about. It's about oh, safety. Okay. So for them to say, oh, we're going to lock people up, that, that, that's, they're looking at it the wrong way. We're really trying to, and it's about bail reform. We're trying to reform our bail system because we know it's broken. Individuals are sitting in prison right now because they can't afford bail. That's what we're reforming. We're trying yes. to get people out of prison, yes. not into prison. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, well, I just want to make sure you know, that you, you get an opportunity you know, to say there, what, there, what there, you, there, what's there, important. There's a lot of, of misinformation being spewed. I'm here to correct it, and, and, and I'm, glad. I'm glad I'm having this opportunity. Thank you so much. And so now let's go into the um, the eminent domain. The eminent domain, uh, it was asserted, is for private use as well as for public use. But it can be as uh, the exact quote, if I'm not mistaken, was said. She knew someone who had was a thousand dollars behind on their water bill, and the city took their home. Any thoughts on that? I can say 100% that didn't happen. The city has been on the bills. If you can owe $500, $1,500, they, the city does not take people's homes. When's the last time? I can, tell me when was the last time the city took somebody's home. It doesn't happen. The city already owns 1,500 properties. It's itself that it's taken that it had great ownership. They don't want more properties. So to think that the city's going to take property, they're not. They're not. I have individuals that they work with, 40, 40 almost $50,000 worth of, of back taxes and water bills, but they're not taking their home. They could. They could, based on their laws. But they're, and these are city council laws. So you're looking at the state. What the eminent domain bill was about was about these longstanding vacant properties. In our district where we reside, as soon as you cross Concord Avenue up Market Street, but we could start at Brandywine. You can see mm -hmm. the, the empty pharmacy and all those empty buildings there. Then you cross uh, Concord Avenue, and you have the vacant M&T Bank that sat there for 20 years. Yes. On that very corner, you have the Piani's Bakery that's been burned out and yes. everything. For Those type of buildings are the ones we're targeting. We want to target those buildings so that our city will be able to utilize and say we have a community plan. We can go to those business owners and say either and take them to court and say either you're going to do something with this or the city is going to say we want to use, utilize eminent domain to get control of it. Okay. So because and we're going to use our community plan yes. and, and to show you how that could work and, and right not in the very next community in, in Western City on the corner of Fifth and Jefferson Street. This is about 2016. There was a homeless couple and, and on the corner of Fifth and Jefferson there were two big houses there and they were inside trying to keep warm with a kerosene heater they died they died the city and the, the attorney general's office everybody got involved trying to hold the property owner accountable they were out of the country somewhere never responded we never never got in contact with them as a city so the city utilized eminent domain as a safety risk so they got the buildings but under the current laws all they can do is knock them down so they knocked them down and, he, and right now on that corner of fifth and jefferson mm -hmm. you have two big green spaces with a fence around them right. if my law was in place the law that i was trying to sponsor the city not only could have gained those buildings but they could have knocked them down and build four houses for home ownership because yes. that community has a plan for home ownership first-time home buyers we yes. would have been tying in the domain to their community plan that's what the bill was about but everybody wants to say we're taking property no one's taking anybody's properties it's all fear-mongering all looking at the wrong thing looking at if we don't do something about these vacant properties what's happening is that the city of wilmington is the only city in our state that can't grow 
We can't annex because we're over 50,000. The city of Middletown used to be the ninth biggest. Now they're the fourth biggest. They're growing, 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 sucking up everything. But we, we can't grow. And you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. The city of Wilmington, so when we lose a business, it hurts us. Yes. Through our wage taxes. When we lose a resident who moves out, it hurts us. So every business that you see, every vacancy that you see is hurting our city. We need to find ways to bring them back online. We've been talking, This I, I've been in elected office for 10 years since I was on city council. We've been having these same discussions about these same properties for 10 years, sister, and, and we have no plans to address them. And the sad part is if we don't come up with the plan 10 years from now, we'll be having the same conversation about the same properties. Well, I, this is not to do anything with your with your opponent this is just me saying that that property Piani's I remember that property beautiful property yes. I don't even know what happened to the people but that would be an excellent little place for a I mean you could put so many a coffee exactly. a radio station no question no question but yeah. it's that type of development and, and I'm sure you remember what our this in the lower inner Market Street looked like when it was in its downtime, when all the vacant businesses were downtown Market Street. Before we created the downtown development district, got state and federal resources in there, brought the business, brought the communities back, the apartments, everything. Same thing with the riverfront. We all know that was a barren land. Yes, now all of a sudden we was. have a thriving economic and residential part of our city. We want to use that same downtown development investment to come up Market Street from the river all the way to former mills, even yes. going past city limit all the way up to Philadelphia Pike. That's what we want to do. Well, it's hard to do that when you have all of these vacants. It's, yes. it's hard to do it. Who wants to invest? I, I, I have $2 million I want to invest, and I, I want to be right here next to this empty bank. It's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. We have to get control of those properties in order to spur investment. We have to. The city has their, their bike bill and all that. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. So our, this eminent domain legislation was the way for us to say, we have to do something. Let's begin this conversation. So often, so often, we're having conversations, the city, county, and state. Sadly, our city council isn't even at the table. They don't even attend the meetings. But then mm. they, they want to show up and say, the legislation is bad. We've been talking about this legislation since February and got zero input from city council into I, the I, last two days before session. I absolutely don't agree with any public servant who doesn't show up. Even if you fall asleep at the table, pretend to be awake and, and just be at the table. Because that's what we the people have voted you in for. You are a public servant. You serve the public. <laughs> so I don't like it when they when they don't show up. It, it, it really hasn't. So our our state caucus from the city, all of our meetings pretty much where it normally would be city council president, city council, chief of staff, it would be those individuals sitting in this meeting. Yes. The meetings were just the state reps and state senators sitting there with the mayor's administration because they had zero representation from city council. But yeah, we're the bad guys. We're, we're, we're the ones who are creating legislation without city council but city council's not involved in it but it's our fault it's it's, it's, it's sad that's, it's a, really that's sad. a heated conversation well, there you gotta be involved <laughs> you gotta be involved when i was on city council city council leaderships was was at those meetings and a few times i was even able to attend those leadership meetings we have to have city council involvement we yes. do so it's safe from i will tell you after my interview with uh representative shanae darby Literally, I'm not kidding you. My phone was blowing up with, with people of, of homeowner age asking me questions about, are they going to come and take my house? And, and I'm saying to them, I don't know, baby. Let me do the research and I'll find out. So there's a lot of people 
who are waiting to hear what you've said here it's, today. It's, it's, it's all fair. But I don't have to, I, I can tell them to not there, worry there, about there, there is no way, I, 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 and I say emphatically, our, our city doesn't have the resources to come in and take people's homes. We, we already have, as I mentioned, 1,500 properties that, that we own. Yeah. And, I, and I said something recently. I, someone was talking to me about what can we do with the housing stock that the city owns. We just got millions and millions of dollars through, through the COVID relief funds. We, we could have did something, you know, whatever opportunity to do something as a city, as a, as a state, to, to utilize those resources. One-time funding. But we have so many vacant properties, so many opportunities, individuals who need need adequate housing. We, we have to do something. Our returning I, I citizens have nowhere to go. Many of them don't have a... They'll get a hammer no, and a nail if you let them. No question. And I, for the past two years, I led the Safety and Justice Subcommittee for the African American Task Force. I worked strongly with, with the Hope Commission and other reentry groups about uh, trying to address issues. One, first of all, reentry begins the day you are incarcerated. And we have to start providing services yes. and support for you to come back out. Yes, not trying to that. wait till you get to the door or two weeks or a month before you get ready to go home, then all of a sudden start providing services. So we have to do better on that end, providing mm -hmm. support services in, in terms of the individuals who are incarcerated, preparing them from the day they go in there for the day they come home. Because we're, we're not doing a good job at that. And then those support services, a lot of the, the supports that we have statewide, we need more services and support for individuals who are returning. Community-based services and supports. Because supports. Carney has already said, Governor Carney has already said they're trauma, and Delaware is trauma-informed. So just think about the people who, whatever they did that was crazy and shenanigan, they went in, going in, and then there's no rehabilitation services. You're going to send them back out here? You're just asking for recidivism. You're asking for another crime uh, uh, without rehabilitation uh, or at least some counseling to no, talk no, about no, the no traumas. As, 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 a, as a veteran... And with a twin brother who served time in the first Iraqi war and who, mm. who suffers from PTSD. I, I'm thankful to be a counselor where I can be there and listen to my brother and, and help him through those tough days. Yes. But our community, this very community where we sit, everybody in this community is traumatized by, by community and gun violence. Everybody. Everybody is, is fearful for, for the threat of, of violence or, or the, the threat of, of gun violence constantly. That pressure. All, all yeah. of us are traumatized. We need mental health supports inside of our communities. We're putting more counselors inside of the schools, but we need community-based. In this very community, you and I know what people suddenly yes. used to be. Yes. We know what people suddenly used to be. Oh, it was good back in the day. But, but we, look we at need, it now. We need state support. There I'm was, still stuck on Peonies. Imagine if Peonies was a place that we could convert it into like a, a mental a, health, a mental health, health place. Yes. We need them. Every community needs one. Yes. Our, our, and I mentioned my brother because the veterans, when the veterans come home, they can go to the, the, the VA. Mm. They get supports. There are service groups all up and down the state providing yes. mental health supports for, yes. for our veterans. Yes. What are the same things for our children, for our adults, for, for our community? Well, they, we, did, we didn't do anything. The veterans got out and put their lives on the line. We didn't do anything but just live here, so we're not entitled we're, we're, to We're it. living in a war zone just, just as they are. Yes, we just, are. Just as they are. And the, the sad thing, this is maybe about a month ago, my brother and I were talking to a group of kids, and, and the, the young man said just that. He said, what's the difference between a war zone and where I live at? They got this, they got that, we got guns, they got people dying. He said, this is a war zone. This is a war zone. Wow. Said, this is a teenager saying this. Isn't that hurtful? That's just hurtful. Yeah, and I know you, so yeah. I know how that, I, yeah. I know you. Because yeah. it's, it's the truth. We, we are letting our children grow up in, in war zones. 
are as much as much as our schools are trying, we schools we, we got to better equip them. We've been failing ever since we lost our Wilmington school district. This four district model has failed our city. I'll say it from day one to day forever until we change this and we have a, a, a governance system that governs our school that allows the city of Wilmington to have a voice at the table. Right now, we're the only entity across America governing body who has no interest, no interest, but no authority over the education of his children. If you can't control your children, that means you you have no concern over the violence in your community. We can't talk about gun violence if we're not going to educate our children. If someone were the, the job of educating our children is someone else's, but we want to point our fingers at our children and say, oh, they're, they're all doing this, they're all doing that. That's our responsibility. We have to insert ourselves in that conversation. And when I was on city council, that was the first time we've had superintendents come to city council since we lost our school district. And I was like, oh, these are our children. They are in your school, but they're our children. children. So we have to insert ourselves in that, into that conversation yes. at the city level, at the state level, to make sure that Wilmington's voice is heard. That's why I'm glad that, that Senator Lockerman and I, we created the Reddit Consortium yes. to yes. create a voice for our, our city to say again that we need to address this. Every 10 or so years, we come up with a plan for education about what we're going to do. We're going to change this. We're going to change that. Nothing's changed in 40 years. Well, you know, brother, I'm going to take it all the way back to, to something that you and I, maybe we learned right around the same time in our lives, is that black teachers have a great impact on black students. When they segregated us, I know I know the ideal of it was to make it you know, equal justice under the law, but it really hurt us to take away our black male teachers out of our schools, and uh, we don't have that anymore. What, I mean, any thoughts on no, that? No, no question. I, I, I'm the first, and I'm one of the last generations that went into the Wilmington School District. So I did kindergarten, first, and second grade at the old Martin Luther King School before they bust me <laughs> down to, to uh, Heritage out Kirkwood Highway. Okay. So I, I know what the school gave me. I, I, that, that's what I carry in my heart every day. Yes. That's what I fight for our children to have again, yes. a school system that truly recognizes them and recognizes their city as being... A, a livable place, a, yes. a, a place of growth and development, not a burden on our suburban districts. We're right. not a burden. We're yeah. not a burden. Our children aren't burdens. Our right. children are, 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 tip, are, are gifted, talented. They just need the support. They need to be in an environment the that, that encourages them. Yes. You mentioned uh, about teachers. It is so difficult. We, if, if a black male graduates from, from Dell State right now, they, there are a are hundred different opportunities for them to go anywhere else. But and, and not the last, stay here. The, the last place there they have opportunities are, 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 are here because we we oh. the funding system is bad. So of course the the suburban schools they have more resources, more this. They got lower class sizes. Every yes. If, if you give me the opportunity, to say I can work at North Star or I want to work at Sh or, or or Shortledge. Yeah, right. Nine times out of ten, <laughs> people are going to North Star, so yeah. we have this issue. That that makes me angry. That makes me feel like it's a setup. It's a setup. We, it's a setup for failure for our children. That's the way I see it, and maybe I'm wrong. It's but the system. The, the system is broken, but it, all, it also works the way it was intended. Yes, perfectly. It, it, like so many other systems in, in, in our society, yeah. it works. It, it works perfectly. And, and when you are benefiting, you benefit. And when you don't, you don't. And I say that perfect example, school just started, and I'm not sure what's the final number, but we have a lot of our schools that are short, still short of teachers. But what happens every year, teachers come here fresh out of UD, fresh out of Dell State, Wilmington U, they get their couple years experience, and then you know what? They're going. They go. They go. So every year we have this, a revolving door of teachers. 
It our takes teachers, a, I will say, as being a former high school teacher, I did that for 15 years, brother. I got to tell you, some of these kids, they'll make you want to go somewhere else. And, and then you try to deal with mom and dad on the issue, and mom and dad wants to curse you out instead of understanding that maybe their child is just has to be held accountable. We, we, we mentioned some of it about the trauma. Yeah, the, the these, trauma. Children, these children aren't coming to school like, like every other child. On the corner of, of 7th in Jefferson, a young man was shot there years ago. And, and that's also a bus stop where these same children we're talking about get on the bus at 7th from Jefferson. So what we did there, they, they had all these candles out there. We built the fence and we planted trees. And then they started writing all over the fence. The brother's name was Tone. Rest in peace to you, sir. And so they rolled his children, bro. I miss you, daddy. But those children who kept the bus there every single day stand on that bus stop. And they, without even consciously knowing, they're being touched by this brother's death every single day. Every single day, they're being touched by his death, just looking at that fence, seeing their writing. They didn't get on the bus. You want them to get off the bus and, and be a perfectly great student. I'm touched by death every day, sister. I, there's no, was no one greeting me when I get to the school to say, check my temperature. Right, right. Every day, I'm, I'm, I'm like a soda bottle being shaken up. And then you want me to get to school and you're going to pour me without something exploding. That's what's happening in our communities. Our, our children are, are traumatized and we don't have the supports. Our, our, we need more mental health therapists. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned black males, 100%. As a licensed master social worker, we need 100, 100 licensed master social workers inside of our schools for our children. And yes. if we can get brothers in there, you give me one and I'm happy. Give me one yes. per school and I'm happy. Yes. We need them. We, we need them. I love your passion. I've always respected and loved your passion. Uh, and, and we don't have to go too far down this line, but I, I will tell the audience, this brother right here, long before politics was ever uh, in his future, he mentored my son. He took my son under his wing, and Justin was quite a handful, you know, but he was always an intelligent and, and curious child. Yes. So, um, you know, Indeed. I just I just, I just, just remember you from those days. Yes. Yeah, you and, turned and, him into a straight soldier. How about that village we had? How about Come that on, village? Man. Oh, man, that's we were we good then. That's what we missing. You, you yeah. Think, but, and, and, but how can we do that when... Those agencies that provided the hub for that, we didn't do that on our own. We had people selling it. We had Kingswood, we had Southbridge Neighborhood House, yeah. all coming together to support all us. together. Christina Cultural Arts Center, the Ibaki House, all yep. of these agencies were yep. supporting the rights of passage. So yeah. that's what we're missing. We don't have that village. We don't have that anymore. And I remember an elder saying that when this dies, or if this dies, if we talk about us at the mm -hmm. time, if we young children, young people didn't carry it yeah. on. It was going to die, yeah. and it would be a very sad. And yeah. I think yeah. all of us went into so you went into politics. Yeah. I went into teaching. Other mm -hmm. of the girls, the sisters, went into yeah. teaching and things like that. So we we all in it, right? But we're in it all over the place. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I we're in it all over the place. I, I, I so agree. where does where does someone reach you if they want to uh, support you or sponsor you or or get a tag a, a, a sign in front of their house? Where do they? Uh, how you, do they do you, that? you can reach out to me directly. My my email is info i n f o at n n a m d i dash de.com info at anomd-de.com and the phone number is 302-729-2035 
Okay, you're comfortable with putting your number no, out? please. People call me at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock hey, in the I'm morning. I can't do it. Worker, so I'm a community-based <laughs> social worker. If you don't have my number, fine. Now you do. Because my number hasn't changed in, in yeah. so many years. Yeah. And children still call me from, from my Riverside days. That, that's Aww. what we do. When, when, you, when you love what you do, you love what you do. And it shows. And uh, I think the Bible thing or somebody says, let the work that I've done speak, speak for, me. for me. No, no, no question. That, that, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening and tuned in to House Representative Namdi Chikwocha, who is here, uh, I won't say defending, but I will say correcting the the fear-mongering and the mistruths. So you heard it right here with Rochelle Wilson on the Political Power Hour at WHGE 